0: Well, let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word tonight. We thank you, Lord, for this time to um, just set aside just a few minutes just to spend time in prayer, to spend time in your presence, to fellowship one with another. Um, Father, I just thank you that we have utterance tonight, Lord, and uh, your anointing is here to preach and to teach. And um, we're just thankful, God, thankful for this night. Thankful, Lord, for Tuesday night church, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Let's welcome our online guest. Hey, everybody, online. God bless you. We're glad you're here. Welcome to West Houston Christian Center. I'm Pastor Jack C., the executive pastor. And uh, welcome to Faith Academy. And uh, you are welcome here. Um, take some notes. Get your Bible. Uh, there'll be some interactive things that you can do along with us. There'll be some links to our website and all that type of stuff. And we just want to welcome you and thank you for being a part of our church today. Amen. Everybody give them a big hand. Amen. Our online so, we're talking about faith, and I want to pick up where I left off last week, and let me just do a little bit of a review, amen? We were talking about uh, faith is the substance of things hoped for, it's the evidence of things not seen, amen? So, faith is a substance, amen? It's something tangible. Faith is the substance of things Hoped for the evidence of things not seen. Hallelujah. Amen. Yes. So when we talk about what that word hope was, where we left off, I believe that hope is the substance, I mean, faith is the substance of things hoped for. So when I hope for something, there's a difference between earthly hope and Bible hope. Amen. Earthly hope. Earthly hope is um, do you think it's going to rain today? Well, I sure hope not. Are you going to make it to church on Tuesday night? Well, I sure hope so. Hope, it's just kind of a word we throw out there. It comes from our emotional side. It's kind of like wishing. Amen? I wish that I will. They were really saying, I wish, I wish, I wish. But Bible hope is what? Is based on what? The Bible. The Bible. Bible hope can only come from the Bible. Bible hope springs from from spending time in His Word. You see something, you get a, a revelation, and hope springs up in your heart. And now I'm basing my hope on the Word of God. I'm not basing it on my circumstances. Amen. Like when Abraham and 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 his wife were going to get pregnant, they hoped against hope. Because they looked at their bodies and they were like, honey, we're old. And something wasn't working when we were in our prime. And now somebody's coming and telling us, now we have to have a baby and we're our 100. So we're hoping against hope. Amen. Um, The earthly hope, it's an emotional hope. I hope so. I hope. I hope. I hope you feel better. I hope so. But Bible hope is always based in the Word, and it is the mold if you were going to, I guess I'm trying to update this a little bit. Everybody familiar with what a 3D printer is now? There are 3D printers, which means you can now put stuff in and it comes out like you can make a gun out of a 3D printer because it makes it everything and it comes out. But you have, in order for that gun to come out, you have to have a mold of a gun go in or whatever it is that you're trying to produce. Hope is that mold. Whatever it is that you're believing for, it's the, it's the mold of what you're believing God for. And when I use my faith, and the way that we, we use our faith is we speak our faith. Amen? We are constantly speaking our faith. I'm constantly speaking, and we're going to cover a little bit more of that tonight and in depth, but I'm constantly just speaking my faith. I'm speaking my faith. I'm speaking what I believe. I speak that my parents' house is sold. I speak that my kids' school is paid for. I speak that our bodies are healthy. I speak that we're the head, not the tail. I'm constantly speaking faith, and when I'm speaking faith, I am filling up that mold with faith. Remember the old dot matrix printers? Do you remember those back in the day they had those big rolls of paper and the, it would fill in millions and billions of little dots would fill in to make the image of whatever it is that you were printing the more faith goes into the mold the more dots that i add to the image that i'm producing and the clearer it's going to become the more real it is to me you're going to receive it first here remember we talked about this last week whatever it is that you're believing God for, you're going to get it first here. I'm not going to wait to get it here when I see it out there. I'm not waiting to see it and then I'll believe. No, I've already believed. If I have to see it before I believe it, then my five physical senses are in charge. But if I believe that I have it before I see it, then my spirit's in charge. And faith always comes out of the spirit. Aren't you glad, we've talked about this before, that God attached our faith to our spirit? He didn't attach it to my body. Oh, my faith, my faith broke. My faith hurts. I, my faith, you know, He didn't attach it to my soul where I'm, I'm, I'm stuck with how I feel and that dictates whether my faith will work or not. No, God tucked our faith far away in our spirit where we couldn't mess with it where it always works when we feed it the right diet it always works. So that hope is that mold or that inner image of what we're believing for. Amen? Amen. Hope is the mold. Romans 4:17. As it is written, I have made you the father of many nations. He is our father in the sight of God in whom he believed the God who gives life to the dead and calls into being the things that were not. Write this down. Bible faith is summoning things to me but acting as if I already have them. Bible faith is summoning things to come to pass and acting as if they already had. That's Bible faith. Summoning things to come to pass, but I'm acting as if they already had. That's faith. That's what God did, calling those things not as though they are. God called Abram, Abraham, the father of many nations. He didn't wait till Abraham was father of many nations to call him that. He called him that first. He was calling those things not as though they were, so whatever it is that we 're believing for, I want to make sure that i 'm calling them amen i 'm not going by what I see i 'm going by where i 'm going. Amen. I think all of us could could really use thinking a little bit bigger. Amen. I mean I think all of us and, and me included, you know, we get so comfortable in our little routines and we get comfortable and and, and I do think that God wants us, wants us to maybe just think a little bit bigger, kind of get outside of our box a little bit more. Amen? You uh, know, I think we can use our faith on that, Lord, that we just need vision. Amen? How many of us need some vision? Who needs vision in your life? I think we all do. We as a church, we, we need vision. Amen? Our vision is not just to have church. That's not a good vision. You can't just have a vision to go to, my vision is not just to go to work today. There's got to, there's more to life as a born again, spirit-filled believer than just enduring going through my daily routines. Amen. Amen? There's more, but we have to ask God for the vision and to enlarge us so that we can see what we can't see. That's where you need faith. It takes faith to see what you can't see. Amen. Amen. To go someplace you've never been. So, remember, the living word produces a living faith. A living word produces a living faith. So, how do I know if I'm in faith? And so, we're going to cover a couple of things tonight. How can I know, how do I know if I'm really in faith? And there's no particular order to this. Number one, there should be corresponding actions to whatever you're believing for. If there's not a corresponding action to your faith project, then I would challenge you if you really are in faith for what you're believing for. There should be a corresponding action to what you're believing for. Um, Our son Luke, I'll, I'll brag on him tonight. Luke came home with his progress report and he had straight A's. But he had used his faith because his last report card, he made all A's and one B. He made an 89 in one of his classes. And you know, I'm messing with Luke. I never saw, I never had an A. I don't know if I ever made an A. You know, I might have admired to make my own A a couple of times, but I'm just saying, my kids are so far ahead of me educationally and where, you know, they're just very smart. I told Luke, once you make straight A's, you got nowhere else to go. I mean, you've hit it, brother. You've now got to maintain this. There's nowhere else to go. You have crushed it. You're there. But it bothered him that he made an 89 in one class. So this is what he did. He prayed, he asked God, and he used his faith. Now, what are the corresponding actions to his faith? He worked harder in that area. He studied to show himself approved. See, it's not just, oh, Lord, please let me have good grades. That's just hope. Bible hope is putting the work, the prep time, also along with your faith. And then today when he came home with it, he brought that grade up to a 92, and he's got all straight A's again. I said, now we're going to work on your conduct. No. Just, I told him, the left side you got down. Now let's work on the right side. Let's get all going over there. But like, Dad, don't do that. But you see what I'm saying? Whatever you're believing for, there needs to be corresponding actions. I can believe God for my children to go to college amen, but if they didn't study to show themselves approved, then take the time to apply, and then get into the school, do you see what I'm saying? My faith can't work in that area. There has to be corresponding actions to whatever I'm believing for. If I'm believing God for a car, amen, corresponding actions is, is I should be setting aside some money every month towards that car. I should start acting as if I already have the car. Out the garage. Look out for your insurance. Where's my insurance? How much is that? You see what I'm saying? I'm going ahead and I'm acting as if I already have taken ownership of what I'm believing for. There has to be corresponding actions to whatever I'm believing for. James two twenty, and I forget what um, correspond. I mean, what edition this is out of? Our translation. Excuse me. It says. Are you willing to be shown proof, you foolish, unproductive, spiritually deficient fellow, that faith, apart from good works, is inactive and ineffective and worthless? See, we have to do our prep work. Proverbs twenty-one thirty-one says, A horse is prepared for the day of battle, but deliverance is from the Lord. Our corresponding actions, a lot of time, is our prep work with what we're believing for. I'm so glad that once you get pregnant, that it's nine months before that baby comes out. Because if it came out the next day, a lot of us would not be ready, right? There's a process that you go through before that baby, before there's manifestation of that baby. Um, if you remember the, of, of the virgins, remember the story of the ten virgins, Matthew twenty five ten. Everybody remember the story of the ten virgins? 10 of them, they believed, didn't they, that the bridegroom was coming. They all said they believed, but only five of them actually had corresponding actions that they believed. Does that make sense? Five of them actually went, got the oil, got everything that they needed. They lived their life as if they acted out what they believed was going to happen. The other ones, oh, we believe he's coming. But we all say that everybody believes, even Satan believes that there's a God. Does everybody understand that? Just believing is not enough. The demons believe. They believe. They've seen God. They've seen Jesus. They believe. But they don't act on what they believe. So just saying, I believe, it's a wonderful song and a great slogan, but there's no faith that comes out of that. There has to be a corresponding action to what you believe. I am born again, spirit-filled, therefore I behave in a way that is, that com- is compatible with what I have believed. I, I, I live my life like Jesus Christ is coming back today, because I believe. I believe his word. I believe the Bible. I believe what he says is true, therefore I live my life as if it is happening today. Does that make sense? So, there has to be corresponding actions to everything that we're believing God for. Number two. Your faith will never rise above the level of your confession. Your faith... Will never rise above the level of your confession. Let's look at Luke seventeen six. Luke seventeen six. And the Lord answered. If you had faith, trust, and confidence in God, even so small like a grain of mustard seed, you could say to this mulberry tree, be pulled up by the roots and be planted in the sea, and it would obey you. Amen? If you had faith, you'd say. If you had faith, whatever it is that you're believing for, if there's faith in it, you'd say. That's where confession comes from. That's where name it, claim it, blab it, grab it, all that kind of stuff comes from. It is doing what we talked about first, calling those things not as though they are. Amen. And then, secondly, confessing what we believe in. Amen. Salvation is the great confession, it's the great profession. If you what? If you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ rose from the dead, then you'll be what? You'll be saved. That is salvation. It is the great confession. So we continue to use our confession for what it is that we're believing for. Our confession, that's where your faith comes from. That's where, that's how you get it out. It's what you're saying. I'm saying, I'm saying, I'm saying. I'm using my confession. I'm confessing every day, Proverbs ten 22. I'm confessing every day, Proverbs chapter 8. I'm confessing every day, Psalms 35. I am constantly confessing the word over those things that I'm believing for. Amen. Faith doesn't come by thinking. Faith cometh by hearing. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing. That's why church is so important. Faith comes by hearing. I want to constantly keep myself in a place where I'm always hearing the word, I'm always listening to faith filled ministers. That's the only ministers that I listen to. Men and women, don't care what color, don't care what gender, don't care hair color, don't care any of that. If they are preaching the uncompromising word of faith, that's who I listen to because that helps build my faith. I don't want to listen to one person on the radio that tells me that God's for me, and then the next 30 minute program, the guy's telling me that God's against me. I'm going to be spiritually bipolar. Amen. Am I in? Am I out? Am I up? And am I down? Amen. I don't know what to believe. Well, it's because you're, you're feeding yourself this, this weird diet. Amen. And that's why for us, I want to feed on. And look, we need to talk about holiness, and we need to talk about righteousness, and we need to talk about justification and all those things. But you can't get to any of those things without faith. Faith is what collect, connects you to all the promises and blessings of God. How do you know that you're righteous? Well, I don't feel righteous. How do I do that? By faith. I have to believe that I am because he said that I am. How do I know that I'm holy? Because he said I'm holy. But I can't connect to that unless I believe. Hey, let's not be Christians anymore. Let's be believers. I'm a believer. Amen. Christian's good. That's a wonderful thing. That's a great term. But man, no, no, I want to be a believer. Are you a believer? I do. I believe on Him. I believe on Jesus Christ. I believe Him. I believe His Word. If I'm believing for healing, I don't confess that I'm sick. If I'm believing for finances, don't walk around confessing that you're broke. Don't say things like, I'm the most unlucky person in the world don't catch yourself saying well why why is this happening to me amen we constantly only speak the things that you want to come to pass amen i got to be honest with you i think we have so watered down words we don't even know we say them anymore amen if you go back in the old testament words had power i mean do you ever think about this blessing that was getting handed down That blessing wasn't given in written form. It was spoken. And those words were so powerful, they could not be taken back once they were given. There was weight to their words. So I think, I know for me personally, we just talk and talk and talk and talk and talk. And we water down the power that's in the words sometimes because we're constantly talking. I think we need to be very purposeful and very direct about the words that we use. Amen. I think we should only speak the things that we want to see come to pass. Don't speak what you don't want. It's that simple. Amen. Don't confess the word of God, then contradict it with wrong actions. Don't confess the word of God and then contradict it with wrong actions. You got to live like you believe it. Amen. Do you remember Pastor Shook when he was in Albania and he got really attacked in his body and Was sick, and I mean, he's laying on the cement floor, and it's three o'clock in the morning, and he's confessing his scriptures. And have you ever been sick in a foreign country? (laughs) So, (laughs) 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 it's just different. Let's just put it that way. It's just different. The, the The utilities are different. The circumstances are different. The everything's just it's just different amen and so here's pastor shook and he's in albania and uh speaking the word and he's laying on the floor and he heard in his spirit healed people don't lay on the floor and so he got himself up and stood up straight he started acting out what he was believing see what i'm saying if you're getting attacked in your body, amen, and there are times, I mean, we, we have to use wisdom, but I'm just saying, our first, and I'm, I'm not, we're so surrounded with, with easy fixes for stuff, I don't even think to use my faith sometimes. My knee hurts. Oh, just give me an Advil. Let's just get this over with. But what the Lord is showing me is that we need to be developing faith. The faith that God wants us to have must be developed in every area of our life. There's no area of our life that we don't ever going to have to use our faith in or on. Does that make sense? Amen. Can I just encourage you? Start somewhere. You, need Everybody in this room, we need to start somewhere believing God for something. Start somewhere. Amen. Going back to corresponding actions, if you have a faith project, start wherever you are. If you're called to be an evangelist, don't wait till you get a crowd of 100 people. Go start one-on-one. Start now whatever it is that you feel. If you're called to make something, bake something, write something, sing something, whatever, start wherever you are. Don't wait till you get a crowd because that, you're never going to get anything done. You got to start where you are. Amen? We will over time always become what we confess. Sooner or later, you are going to become whatever it is that you confess. That's how important your words are. There's a spiritual law. Our confession rules us. That is a spiritual law. What you say about yourself and others rules you. That's how important your confession is. Let me show you something. Everybody's familiar with Mark 11, 22, 23, first book of Hagen. (laughs) Right? Mark 11. Mark 11. And this is all takes place. Everybody knows that what happened on Sunday. Everybody knows it was Palm Sunday. Everybody put your palm out. High five, somebody! Happy Palm Sunday, Amen. Got your palm? Good. It was Palm Sunday, so this thing, these things that are about to take place, take place the week of Easter. They Sunday. Let's say if they, if Jesus rode in on a white donkey on Saturday. Today was Tuesday when they were started doing this stuff in the Bible, leading up to the Easter and to the crucifixion. And so, uh, Mark eleven twelve. On the following day, when they came from Bethany, Jesus was hungry. Verse 13. And he saw a fig tree covered with leaves, but could not find any figs on it. Verse 14. And he said to it, no one ever again shall eat fruit from you. And his disciples were listening. Verse 20. In the morning, when they were passing along, they noticed that the fig tree was completely withered from the root. Everybody familiar with the passages of Scripture? So Jesus is walking from Bethany. They're going back and forth. He has his disciples. I'm just glad to know that Jesus was hungry. You know, I'm like, I can identify with that, you know. He was hungry. And so as he's going from a distance, he spots a fig tree, a fig. And because of the leaves... He says if there's leaves there should be fruit. Yeah. As he gets closer, he recognizes that all there were were leaves, there were no fruit. So what does Jesus do? Jesus says he curses the fig tree and says nothing will ever grow from you ever again. Amen? They come back the next day. Peter looks at it and is like Jesus. Look what happened. And then Jesus goes into a dissertation. Now, let me ask you this Was that fig tree a faith project for Jesus? Was that something that he was believing for? He just said it and it happened. Okay, this is very, very important when it comes to confession. It is not just the things that we're confessing towards what we're believing for that have faith, all our words have faith it's not just what i'm speaking over what i'm believing for it's what i'm speaking everywhere those are the words that i'm responsible for we can't just think that i can confess over this one thing that i'm believing for and then totally let our words go over every other situation all our words the sum total of everything that we say we're responsible for i'll show you that Look in Matthew 12.36, Matthew 12.36, but I tell you on the day of judgment, men will have to give an account for every idle, inoperative, non-working word that they speak. For by your words you will be justified and acquitted. And by your words, you will be condemned and sentenced. So now you understand what an idle word is? An idle word is a word that's not filled with faith. It's an empty word. So even if it's something that I'm believing for, yes, I'm confessing, but I have to make sure. Jesus just spoke to that fig tree and said, nothing will ever grow from you again. And that's exactly what happened to it. Our words have power. Our words are containers of either faith or fear. I'm either speaking faith or fear wherever I go. So I want to make sure in my everyday conversation, in my conversation with my wife, in my conversation with my kids, I want to make sure that I am speaking with just as much force and just as much power of faith as to what I'm believing for. Because they're both equal. I can't just take the one out and say, God, only go by the good words that I use concerning this thing that I'm believing for. And oh, Lord, please forget all these idle, bad, dumb words that I've used. See what I'm saying? It's not just, it's the sum total of everything that we say. We were created to be a speaking creature. That's how God created us. God created Adam and Eve in his image and in his likeness. God, if you go back up all the way to Genesis chapter 1, God said, God said, and then what? And God saw. And God said, and God said, and God said, and God saw. And And God said, and God said, and God said, and God saw. First God would say, then God would see. So he created us to do the exact same thing. We had the same creative power, not at the level that God did, but we were little g. We had the same ability, capacity, and ability. Remember, God brought all the creatures in front of Adam, and whatever Adam called those creatures is what they became. Yeah. We were created to do the same thing. Our words were created to have power. Everything was made to be done through the spoken word. Amen? Amen. the 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 rhema the living word through revelation of god so our confession is so important in what we're believing for how do i know i'm in faith what are the words i'm using towards it how many times today have you confessed what you're thinking or what you're believing god for it should be it should become so if it's really important to you it's something that we should be doing on a regular basis amen I should be confessing and thanking God I should be speaking only those things that I want and not speaking the things that I don't want. How do I know if I'm, I'm in faith? If I am laboring to make something happen in my own strength or I'm frustrated about it, I'm not in faith. If I am laboring to try and bring my own faith project to fruition, if I am worried about my faith project, if I am frustrated about my faith project, then I'm not in faith. Amen? When we get in faith, when we truly, we enter into this thing that my mom talked about on Sunday, she did a great job, we enter into this thing called rest. Amen? We should enter into rest. We're going to know that you know that you know, that you've possessed what you've confessed. You're going to have a peace about it first. Amen? Well, I'm going to enter into that rest. Lord, it's a done deal. Father, it's a settled deal. I've already received it. I'm not going to worry about it. I'm not going to fret about it. I'm not going to lose any sleep over this thing. You know, you cannot be in worry and in fear at the same time. Amen? You can't worry and be in fear at the same time. Do we get attacked with doubt sometimes? Sure. Everybody gets attacked with doubt sometimes. But my confession is, is I'm still going to stay on track with what I'm believing. I'm not going to speak the doubt. I'm going to starve the doubt. I'm going to feed my faith. And I feed my faith by keeping a steady diet of the word going. Amen. It's in my car. It's at home. It's in my Bible. It's in front of me. It's coming out of my mouth. What Joshua say? do not let this book of the law depart out of thy mouth but meditate therein day and night that you may prove, amen? It's meditating in the Word. It's thinking about the Word. It's speaking the Word. It's muttering the Word. It's chewing on the Word. It's chewing, it's chewing, and it's letting that life get down into us to fill up that image of hope of what we're believing for. You, amen? Amen? Thank you, Lord. Hebrews 4.3 Hebrews 4.3. For we who have believed, adhered to, and trusted in, and relied on God do enter that rest. In accordance with his declarations that those who did not believe should not enter, when he said, as I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. And this he said, although his works had been completed and prepared, and waiting for all who would believe from the foundations of the world. So who are the ones that enter into his rest? For we who have believed, adhered to, and trusted in, and relied on God. Amen? There should, that place, I'm endeavoring to learn how to get there. How about you? To be able to enter into his rest. To just know without a shadow of a doubt that that it's done, that it's settled. Amen? I'm not constantly you know digging up my seed to see if it's growing no no i believe god that that seed is in the ground that it's germinating and even though i can't see it i believe by faith that it's growing a root system and i know that i'm going to keep believing and sooner or later that stalk is going to shoot out of the ground amen and i'm going to start seeing those things that i'm believing for some things i don't know why some things are overnighter some things are 20 years You know, anybody got any of those 20-year projects that you're working on? Amen. Well, the bigger the project, the more faith and the more time it's going to take. Amen? You know, there's a big difference in believing God for a parking space, which is vital and good and wonderful, and believing God for your neighbor who seems like he's lost his mind. Amen? So it it, it takes faith. Some of these things take time, but it's through faith and patience that we inherit the promises. We talk a lot about faith, but we need to talk a lot about also um, patience. You know, I want patience and I want it now. Lay hands on me and give me patience, Lord. Is there a patience pill? No, there's nothing like that at all. Patience can only be developed over time. Amen. It took Abraham a long time. Abraham and God spent a lot of time getting to know each other. They did. They both had to learn how to trust each other. Amen. Abraham, who's the father of faith, but he did some boneheaded stuff at the beginning of his. Amen. I mean, stuff that really caused it. His mistake is still impacting the world today. Today, that mistake of being hasty and getting in there and trying to, not entering into the rest, but trying to get in there and make this thing happen on his own and produce this Ishmael. See where I'm going? That's why it's so important for us that whatever we do, we need to do by faith. We need to labor, amen, to enter into that rest. Amen. Have you ever been in that place with God, in that secret place of His rest, where you just know Father, I just know that I know that I know, Lord, that you've already gone before me, that you've already taken care of this, and that, uh, Lord, it's going to turn out just the way that I said that it's going to turn out. Um, Hebrews 4, 9 and 10, it says, So then there is still awaiting a full and complete Sabbath rest reserved for the true people of God. For he who has once entered God's rest also has ceased from the weariness and pain of human labors, just as God rested from those labors, peculiar, peculiarly his own. We talked about this in healing class. Adam and Eve's, when did God create Adam and Eve? What day of the week? Sixth. It was God's sixth day. Amen? So their first day was what? God's seventh day. Adam and Eve weren't created on the first day. They weren't created on the second day. They weren't created on the third day. They weren't created on the fifth day. They were created at the end of the sixth day. So that their first day was the Sabbath rest. We were created to live with God in his rest. We weren't created in God's labor. We were created in God's rest and that's our place. actually that's our place of power is in his rest when we get out and start striving and trying to make these things happen on our own and worrying we don't have any power because that's an emotional force that we're trying to exert over a spiritual thing come on but when i enter into and it's just funny how he uses contradicting words labor to enter into his rest. That's like saying labor to enter into your vacation. Now, there's a lot of labor that goes into our vacation. But once we get there, ah, the labor's done. Amen. We've done everything that we know to do. And if we forgot it, we forgot it. If we're going to buy another one while we're down here. But we have labored to enter in to that rest. And that's when you really, really know that you're in faith. You have a rest. You have labored to enter into that rest for whatever it is that you're believing God for. Amen? I'm laboring to enter into His rest. If we trust this Word with all of our hearts, then quietness and rest comes into our spirit. If we trust this word with all of our heart, then quietness and rest comes into our spirit. Rest is the assurance that God first hears you and secondly, cares about what you care about. Rest is the assurance that God first hears you. It's just good to know that He hears us, right? Yes? Yes? But secondly, that He actually cares about what you care about. When you know that, when my wife knows that I'm actually listening to her her, and that I actually care about what she's telling me, then she enters into a rest with me because now she feels understood. Amen? When we know by faith that God hears us and doesn't just hear us, but He actually cares about what we care about, then I can rest. He cares about the little things. He cares about the big things. He cares about every aspect of your life. There's not one aspect of his life that he doesn't care about you. Why is that? Because he created you. And when he created you, he took ownership over you And he said that I will because I created you. Therefore, I made you. Therefore, I will provide for you. I will protect you. I will propagate you. I I now take ownership of you because I created you. I am your good creator. So therefore, I care about those things that you care about. Amen. Hallelujah. Can you handle one more? You should say yes or no right there at some point. Got really quiet and I got really nervous. Faith is only a problem when we don't know the Lord and we don't know the Word. Faith is only a problem when we don't know God and we don't know His Word. Faith cannot work apart from God. It's like trying to, if you take hot water, take a tea bag, Put the tea bag in the hot water, it diffuses through that water. There is no way ever to now separate that tea and that water ever again. Good. It's the same with God and with faith. You cannot separate faith from God, nor can you derive faith from any other source but God in order to do the supernatural. You can put faith in a person, you can put faith in an institution, you can put faith in a doctor. People do it all day, every day. Amen? But I've yet to see one of them that was 100% infallible. The last few times I've gone to the doctor, I'm going to be honest with you, they didn't have a clue what was going on. Might be this and it might be that. Let me give you a little this, let me give you a little bit of that. I could have done that. I mean, I could have gone on WebMD. I could have figured that out. Amen? You don't know. I mean, you're a better guesser than I am. You got a more educated guesser than I do. Amen? Amen? Amen. Anybody get something out of this tonight? Entering into his rest was number three. Yeah. Yeah. Remember, there's no faith apart from the Bible. Amen? Hallelujah.